Let's bow our heads as we pray. Let's pray. Precious Lord, once again, we come before your holy presence. We want to experience you. We want you to speak to us and we want you to teach us. In this hour, guide us. God, that everything that we are going to share, what we are going to learn, may help us become better Christians. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, since I was I was instructed, this is off. Okay, it's been assumed that I can uh, I can preach without that. Since I was duly instructed that um, we start with the morning sermon, I will share with you something from the book of Second Kings. I find it good to always tell people when I share with them. The second kings, first kings, first chronicles, second chronicles, first Samuel, second Samuel form part of the set of stories and books in the Bible that I love. I love them because they are imprinted with a lot of lessons specifically for us as we study them. There are certain challenges that we go through, but when we study these things, we find that God has got a lot for us in his word. My sermon title was supposed to be Heaven Our Goal, Earth Our Challenge. But once in a while, I ask myself, Heaven Our Goal, Earth Our Challenge. This world in which we live is freighted with so many things. There are so many challenges that we face here and there. Part of the challenges we have to face is, maybe some of you can think of academics as a challenge. Others can think of even life itself as a challenge. But beloved, I am here to tell you that when you trust in God, God can help you go through your challenges. And when you trust in God, there are certain things that can look so impossible to be done that God can help you say that you see them as possibilities. When you read the book of 2 Kings, I want you to look at 2 Kings chapter is 18. I'll share with you about a certain king. The name of this king means... God strengthens. Actually, that is his name. God strengthens. But this king found in the book of 2 Kings, his story is found in the book of 2 Kings. He is one of the kings whose life story is filled with a lot of reformations and such kinds of things. By the end, we will not get to today. We will try and skip and just do the beginning part. In 2 Kings chapter 18, turn to that place. In Prophets and Kings, page 331, the messenger to the remnant says, In sharp contrast with the reckless rule of King Ahaz was the reformation wrought during the prosperous reign of his son, Hezekiah. Hezekiah came to the throne determined to do all in his power to save Judah from the faith that was overtaking the northern kingdom. Now, when men decide not to follow God's instruction, there are certain challenges that they will face. 
When you read in the book of 2 Kings, go with me to chapter 18, verse 1. In 2 Kings 18, 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Oshea, son of Ella, the king of Israel, that Ezekiah, the son of Ahaz, the king of Judah, began to reign. Now when you read that story, it's an interesting story when you start from that point. Because it tells us this is the year when he started to reign. And when he began to reign, I want you to look at his life. The Bible says in verse 2, he was 25 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. The Bible says his mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. A number of times I read these things and I tell myself it's wonderful when you're dealing with a monarchy. Monarchy is not like democratic rule. You see right now it's election time. And see the way there's a lot of problems. Everyone is saying I want to be the leader and everyone is lying how better leader they are than others. But you know, in a monarchy, I was telling some congregation the other day, all that you have to do is ensure you're born in the right family. Now that's a bit difficult, but if you ever want to be a king, ensure you strategically position yourself so that you're born in the right family. Now that can be difficult. Because in this other democratic system, you don't necessarily need to be born in the right family. You can even be born to the worst family and then just get a few things and confuse a few people and the multitude will come following you. But in a monarchy, you must, your father must be a king. In fact, let me use the same words I used to a given congregation. I was telling them that you see, when you're dealing with a monarchy, if you are born and you find that your father is a farmer, you just know your chances of ever being a king, nil. As in you have no hope because you've just been born to a farmer. And so you ask your dad, dad, surely, why didn't you just decide to be the son of the other king? And then your dad will tell you, you why didn't you decide? Now look at this. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 18, when you read in verse 3, it says, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. Beloved, let me tell you something. I like when Christians do that which is right. I like it when Christians purpose in their hearts that from today henceforth, I am going to do the will of God in my life. The Bible here records that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Oh, that is also something else for us to notice. That God watches what you do. There is nothing we do that escapes the terrible gaze of God. God is constantly watching everything that we are going to do as human beings. And when you read over here, it says that this person did that which was right in the sight of God. And when he did that which was right in the sight of God, the Bible says, and the Bible goes ahead to explain. You know, when you're doing right, we need to know what is the right that you've done. You know, you just can't say that you're doing right, you're doing right. We must know what is the right you're doing. The Bible records when it's explaining how he did right in the sight of the Lord. The Bible says, He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the grooves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it and called it Nehushtan. When you read in the next verse, now listen to this part. In verse 5 it says, He trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him and among all the kings of Judah nor any that were before him. 
The Bible makes it clear that this person did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. The Bible goes ahead to make it clear that this person trusted in the Lord. And now listen, how did he trust in the Lord? Verse 6 explains. For he cleaved to the Lord and departed not from following God, but he kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. If you trust in God, you must keep the commandments of God. Get that very clear. You must learn to walk with God. And the Bible says that he kept not from following the Lord. He kept the commandments. He did that which was right. He clave unto the Lord and he followed the Lord. Beloved, a rhetoric question in the sermon would be like this. Whom do you follow? You know nowadays, Facebook and WhatsApp has made things, not Facebook and WhatsApp, but Twitter and Facebook, they've made things very ugly. You see, every person is having followers nowadays. By the way, I get worried by this time followers. Because the last time I checked, followers were supposed to be disciples. They were supposed to be people who are following somebody for a worthy cause. So many Christians don't even follow Jesus Christ. But you follow everyone on WhatsApp, on Facebook, isn't it? Anyway, I've not said you go and friend people today. But anyway, just be careful. Why do you follow these people? Listen to this. It says that he followed the Lord, and verse 7 says, The Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Syria, and served him not. I love that text also. For it says that the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went. Beloved, prosperity, prosperity sorry, follows the children of God. If the Lord is with you, you will be prosperous. I was told it was a first year Sabbath. For those who are just joining first year, let me tell you something. Learn to walk with the Lord. Learn to walk with the Lord. That is the most important thing that you'll ever do in campus. In campus, people make funny decisions. And, and you're going to come across them. If you've not come across them, you're going to come across them. And let me tell you, it's so sure that you must learn to walk with the Lord. And stay with the Lord. If you don't stay with the Lord, let me tell you something. The king of Syria is going to come. And when the king of Syria comes, actually this story in chapter 18 focuses on the king of Syria. And focuses on the challenges that came from the king of Syria. And the king of Syria over here will represent every other aspect of this life that is going to work at digressing us from focusing on God. Things that are going to give us challenges. Things that are going to threaten our lives to the point whereby we are going to forget the Lord and fear the devil. But allow me to ask again a simple question. How many of you fear the devil? Don't lie. Don't put up your hand. I know that's a difficult question. You, you know that the thing is this. You thought that when I'm saying this now, fearing the devil becomes bad. <laughs> but, but a good number of us maybe fear the devil. But let me ask you, between God and the devil, who is more powerful? Are you sure? Evidence. Evidence. God and the devil. Evidence. Is creation strength? Creation is strength. Con convince me. Mm. So if he doesn't create, he doesn't have power. Is creation strength? You know when we are talking of strength, we must be talking of a battle or we must be talking of a competition. You can't talk of strength just because 
if, if you are talking of creation being strength, it actually means that both of you create certain things and you let those things fight together. Isn't it? So give me evidence that God is stronger than the devil. He was thrown out of heaven. Now that, that, that's a more concrete evidence. He was thrown out of heaven. Now, if he was thrown out of heaven, he can be thrown out of your life. Now listen to this. Let's go to verse 8. The Bible says, When this man trusted in God, he smote the Philistines even to Gaza and the borders thereof. Now when you read all this part, I want you to understand that he was prosperous. Everything was going right with him. But as everything was going right with him, the king of Assyria came to attack. When the king of Assyria came to attack, listen to what happened in verses 13. Verses 13, when the king of Syria came to attack. Now in the 14th year of the king Ezekiah, Sennacherib came up against all the first cities of Judah. When the king of Syria came to attack, the king of Syria didn't come by himself to first fight with them. Let me tell you what he did. He sent some people to go fight with them. The people he sent, let me give you their names. This is in verse 17. The king of Syria sent Tartan, Rabsaris, and Rabsheka. Rabshake, from Lachish to Ezekiah. When he sent these people to Ezekiah, these people went and he called out Eliakim, the son of Ilkiah. He called out Shemna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph. Now, when he called these people, he wanted to explain to these people the things that they were told by the king of Syria to come tell them. Now, the things they were told by the king of Syria were on this wise, and I want you to listen very carefully. This is in verse 19. Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak ye to Ezekiah now. Thus says the great king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? That's a big question. Where have you put your confidence? In fact, the best question to the congregation would be, even the congregation itself, let's ask ourselves, where have we put our confidence? Where do you trust? Where is your trust anchored? And listen, when they asked this, they, they, they told him this. Thou sayest, but they are but vain words. I have counsel and strength from war. Now, on whom do you put your trust? Behold, if you trust upon Egypt, which if a man leans on, it will go to his hand, it will pierce him, so is Pharaoh the king of Egypt, in whom you trust. But if you say unto me, we have trusted in the Lord our God, is not he whose high places and altars Ezekiah has taken away? Now, when they're asking this question, they're casting as passions. They're casting like questions. They're making them question. Why are you putting your trust in God? And, and let me tell you, beloved, first years, second years, continuing students, all of you, let me tell you something. In life, you will have people who will ask you, why have you put your trust in the Lord? And that big question, that big question, why have you put your trust in the Lord? And then people will give you examples. They will start by saying, is this not the same God whom Ezekiah trusted in but has not helped Ezekiah? And I want you to listen to this. I want to fast forward to verse 33. No, let, 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 let me go to verse, uh, verse 32. Listen to verse 32. Verse 32 says until I come and take away your land, like your own land, a land of corn and wine and bread and all those things, and not die. 
Hearken not unto Ezekiah when he persuades you, saying, The Lord will deliver you. Now, this is strange. This is strange. But let me tell you, there are people who are going to be persuaded that God cannot deliver. There are people who are going to be persuaded. And they're going to be told, Hearken not when Ezekiah is telling you, The Lord will deliver you. And you know one thing I normally tell people, I love God for one thing. When people threaten God, when people dare God, God will just come into the show and he will prove that he is God. The king of Assyria dared God and said, God cannot deliver you people. In fact, verse 33 of chapter 18, listen to what it says. Has any gods of the nations ever delivered anyone from the hands of the king of Assyria? That is the question they asked. Is there any God you know who has ever delivered somebody from the hands of the king of Assyria? The absolute answer was almost no. Listen to how the question goes. In verses 34 it says, Where are the gods of Amath and of Arpad? And where are the gods of Shepharvaim and Hina and Eva? Have they delivered Samaria out of mine hand? Who are they among all the gods of the countries? They have delivered their country out of mine hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of mine hand. That's a big question that was asked. And this big question was asked, who is this God who can be able to deliver out of my hand? Now the answer did not come immediately. Because the question was being placed to God. <clears throat> there are moments when human beings will dare God. And when human beings dare God, give God a chance. God will answer the question the right way. In fact, listen to verses 36. Verses 36 says, But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was saying, answer him not. Beloved, there are moments when you have to learn to keep quiet, okay? Not every question you are asked, you must answer. Some questions you relax first. You even keep quiet. One day I was telling some people, if a fool was arguing with you, and a fool claimed that you are a fool, will you argue back? As in a fool, a fool is saying you are a fool. And then you're like, no, I am a wise person. And the fool is saying, no, I have evidence that you are a fool. And then you are also back. When we meet the two of you, who is the greater fool? <laughs> In fact, we won't think that you're wise. And, and there are moments when somebody dares God and says God cannot deliver, these people kept quiet. And when they kept quiet, you know what happened? Let's go to chapter 19 quickly so that we explain this. In chapter 19, this word was taken to Ezekiah. Ezekiah, when he heard this, he tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth. And when he put on sackcloth, verse 1 says, he went into the house of the Lord. I like telling people that when people speak badly to you, when people badmouth you, relax. God is in control. Go to the house of the Lord. Don't waste a lot of time throwing bad words at them. Just run to the house of the Lord and relax over there. And when you get to the house of the Lord, learn to have a speaking acquaintance with God. Listen to what the Bible says. They said unto him, then Ezekiah says, that saith Ezekiah. Ezekiah sends people to go and inquire with Isaiah. And Ezekiah said this. This day is a day of trouble, of rebuke and blasphemy. For the children are come to birth, and there is no strength to bring forth. In other words, the child is ready to be born, but there is no strength to give birth to this child. It may be the Lord will hear all the words of Rabshakeh. And I like, I like that kind of a statement. You see, what Ezekiah was saying 
there is a possibility that God, where God is seated, God can hear somebody daring him. And God will do something. And beloved, let me tell you, when you trust in God and you leave everything in God's hand, God is watching. And God is not asleep. And here is a kind of saying, there is a possibility that God may have heard what has been said. And if God heard what has been said, God will do something. And beloved, God surely does something. I need to put this to a rest early so that I get to afternoon session. Relax, okay? God is in control. God is in control. I'll, I'll end the first session at 3, then I'll start the next one at 3 or 5. Then end it at 4 or 4.30 as the spirit leads. <laughs> That's called marathon. That's called marathon, but uh, how do we help it? We can't allow the devil to take control of the Sabbath. And then the devil feels like he has garnered more points. He can't, he can't. Let me show you how the devil is disappointed. Listen to this. In verse 5 it says, no, 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 let me finish verse 4. It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Syria, his master, has sent reproach to the living God. Listen to that. Rabshakeh was sending reproach to the king of Israel. But the king of Israel is standing the, the, the thing. He's saying, no, 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 I'm not the one who is being abused. This guy is busy abusing God. So God, God, listen, listen. This guy is joking with you. And God listens and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. So the king, the servants of the king came to Isaiah. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, thus says the Lord. Listen to what the God, God has said. Be not afraid of the words which you have heard. Which the servants of the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon them. I like that. God is saying, relax. I am going to take charge. I am going to send a blast upon these people. And not only sending a blast. God says, I'm going to send a blast upon them. And he shall hear a rumor. Do you get that? I also was asking, is God a rumor monger? Relax. God is doing it in his own way. God says, I'm going to send some blast somewhere. Something is going to erupt somewhere. Then these people are going to hear some rumor. And this rumor is going to come into the camp. And when they hear a rumor, what will happen? And shall return to his own land. When he returns to his own land, I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. God is saying, I am not going to destroy the king of Assyria away from home. I am going to ensure that the king of Assyria, he will hear a rumor of what I have done. And when he hears that, he will be running back home. When he goes home, he is going to die at home. Now that is serious. And follow, follow with me, follow with me. The Bible says, Rabshakeh returned. He found the king of Assyria. Now, rush with me quickly. Uh, verse 10. The Bible says, Thus shall ye speak to Hezekiah. Now you see, these people have sent messengers again to Hezekiah. This is part two. Second time, messengers have been sent. The first time Hezekiah was told, give up. Hezekiah did not. He went to pray. The second time, now he's given the message the second time. And part two, part two is now the interesting one. It says this, thus shall he speak to Hezekiah. Let not your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hands of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard 
what the king of Assyria have done to all lands by destroying them utterly, shalt thou be delivered? You know, I, I, I like the way the devil, you know, the devil deals with fear tactics. He first tells you, have you seen what I have done to the other land? Surrender. But the children of Israel, the children of Israel are like, but we have trusted in the Lord. But they're being told, relax. Don't be lied to that the Lord will deliver you. Then he goes again, counting the number of the people he has beaten. You know, when you have somebody who is strong, his strength is shown by the people he has beaten. Do you know that? As in, you're only known to be strong when we can see the people you've beaten. If all the people you've beaten are weaklings, then you're not strong. It's only that your opponents don't have power. But here, he started by enumerating, these are my... These are the ones who have suffered under my hand. Let me count for you. Have the gods of the nations delivered them, which my fathers have destroyed? Now even the list is longer. Of Gozan, Haran, Rezef, and the children of Eden, which is in Telassar. Where is the king of Hamath? And the king of Arpad? And the king of the city of Sepharvaim? And of Hina? And of Eva? He counted all those. Now, you know, this thing comes a second time to Hezekiah in a letter. And I loved this part. I loved this part. The Bible says, Hezekiah saw somebody coming. He saw the messenger coming. And Hezekiah knew it's bad news. When the messengers were coming, the messenger came, and the messenger delivered a letter into his hand, having these things. Have you ever received a bad letter? Oh, no, people don't know what letters are. No, it's true. You don't know what letters are. Just you, you know, for you, most of you, I think, growing up in the 21st century, when you talk of letters, you think of H is a letter, O is a letter. <laughs> now, when we were young, when we were young, we used to have things called letters, post office. So you'll write a letter and then you go and mail it. Now, let me tell you, beloved, you may not have experienced letters, but I know something about letters. I don't want to include it in this sermon. But I will tell you, have you ever received text messages that are bad? Has somebody ever texted you a bad text? Are you people, you put all your texts are happy Sabbath. <laughs> now, let me tell you, first years, first years, as you grow, as you grow, you are going to receive uh, bad text messages, okay? And, and serious ones, serious ones. These ones, they are here, they didn't receive those things. Then they only received uh, happy, happy Sabbath, welcome home, welcome to the congregation. Now, when you receive a bad text, one of the worst things that always happens, the first thing you think of doing is replying to it, isn't it? In fact, you, you, you ask yourself, what was the English used? So that you can get an English word which is worse than the one the other person used. So if, if, if somebody abuses you in a, in a text message, you sit down first and say, wait, let me look for a bigger abuse than this one. I want to reply in a version that when that person receives the reply, they will delete my number. They won't, they won't even want to, they won't even want this to continue. Now you know, that's a bad text. And here, Rabshaka has brought some letter that has bad things for Hezekiah. Now let me tell you how to deal with bad text. Listen to what the Bible says. Verse 14. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hands of the messengers and read it. When he had read it, Hezekiah went to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Beloved, you must learn where to go. 
When somebody tells you a bad thing, even if it's on text, please don't, don't respond fast. Run to the house of the Lord, okay? Just, just run. This is, this is your church. This is your church. So just come. I know you'll find a class over here. Just say, excuse me, teacher. I want to come to church. <laughs> just run. Run to the house of the Lord. When you run to the house of the Lord, do what Ezekiah did. In fact, Ezekiah read it and Ezekiah said, these things are so bad that I don't even want to cram it and put it in my prayer to tell God. God, you can see. And the Bible says he spread it before the Lord. I love that. I love that. Beloved, learn how to pray. Learn how to approach God. Once in a while, when things are bad, just pick that piece of paper. Nowadays, it's on phone, isn't it? Pick that phone. Put that phone over here. And tell God, God, you are seeing what is written on this phone. This has really made me mad, God. Look at it. I don't even want to read it again. Just, God, read it. And let me tell you, God is good. God is good. I know you're laughing, you think it's a joke. You're going to see, you're going to see. The next text when I'm reading, you're going to see. He brought it and spread it before the Lord. Because it was so painful. He said, I cannot withstand this. This is too painful. God, read it for yourself. This person is joking with you. And you, you are here, children of God, and then you are scared of human beings. You must know how to present things to God. Just tell God, God, now look at, look at this second year. Joking with me. And I am a first-year child of God. God, look. Look at what this second year is doing. And God will take that seriously. The Bible says, and listen to this, it says in verses 15, when he had spread it, please, beloved, don't just spread it and leave it there. Spread it, then talk to God. Once you put it over there, you've spread it down. The Bible says, and Ezekiah prayed before the Lord. Beloved, do you know how to pray? When things are tough, learn to pray. As I was saying, heaven our goal, earth our challenge. And this earth has challenging times. And you, 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 you faith, you've not faced anything yet. There's still more yet to come. And let me tell you, when it becomes tough like that, the Bible says, Ezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, remember, the person who was being blasphemed was the God of Israel. And so he says, God, I'm still addressing you. This guy is joking with you. Now I want to address you. Now listen to what this guy is saying. He's asking, can God deliver? Beloved, the question is not, can God deliver? God delivers. The question is, can you trust in God to deliver? Even here where you are, you, you'll meet lecturers. There are some lecturers who even believe that they don't even trust in the Bible. They come, they think they've learned a lot until they tell you, uh, so you think your God will give you an A. Skype my class on Saturday, you will see. And they'll threaten you like that. Oh, we skyped those classes. We are still alive. It says, it said, oh Lord God of Israel. And, and, and let me tell you, I, I was saying, when you pray also, please get to know your Bible study well, okay? Listen, when Ezekiah is praying, Ezekiah says, oh Lord God of Israel, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, Thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made the heavens and the earth. He put the story to rest. Even before asking God, you know, at times, at times we get to God and we are already complaining. Beloved, before you present your complaint to God, please, 
first acknowledge who is God. First present God's CV. Because, you, you, you know, let me tell you something. When you are approaching God, you must know, how am I speaking to God? That's why you find some people, when they are praying to God, they pray to God directly, and they address God situationally. Let me put it this way. When you are talking to God and you need deliverance, you don't first ask uh, the God who heals. No, no, this is not healing we are talking about. Here is deliverance. So you talk to the God and you tell him, God, I know you can deliver. And that's why the question was, has any God of the nations ever delivered? Now he was going to answer that and he begins by saying that you are the God of all the earth. You have created everything. All the kingdoms of the earth are created by you. So this question the king of Assyria is asking, I don't know. I don't know what question he's asking over here. There is no question, dear Lord. And look at how he says, Lord, verse 16, and I love this, I love this. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Did you get that? Let me tell you, when you have a speaking acquaintance with God, you can even instruct God on a few things to do. Now he's telling God, 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 I know, I know you're very busy, but God, this one you need to hear. Just hear this. So please, God, just bow down a little bit and hear. Open your eyes and see, dear Lord. See what? Hear the words of Sennacherib, which has sent him to reproach the living God. So he tells God. He keeps on saying that Ezekiah cannot tell these people to trust in you. Now hear how he has reproached you. And you know what happens? Verse 17. Verse 17 he says, over truth, Lord. And by the way, let me tell you something, beloved. The devil is not weak. The devil is very strong, alive and kicking. That's why he says, Over truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. In other words, God, when I'm trusting in you, I'm not trusting in you because I know the enemy is weak. I'm trusting in you because I know whatever he has said, his CV that he has put over here, it is true. He has beaten all those people. That is true. But God, this person doesn't know you. Does he know the people you have beaten? God, he doesn't. So let me tell you something. He says, over truth, he destroyed the gods of the other nations. And have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands and stones. Therefore, they have destroyed them. Beloved, I like asking, who is your God then? Not every God who can deliver once in a while is a God who is a true God. No. You must have the God who never loses a battle. Now listen to verse 19. He says, Now therefore, O Lord God of heaven, I beseech you, save us out of his hand. Get that. Listen, when you are asking God, you don't just focus on God. It's all about you. It's all about you. After you've told God that God can deliver, now tell God, God, I am in trouble. God, you see, I trusted in you. Now save us. If you notice there, he didn't say save yourself. Because he knows it's not God who is in trouble. God is not in trouble. We are the ones who are in trouble. But we are God's children. And so he says, God, save us out of his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that the Lord, that thou art Lord God, even thou only. Amen? Amen. Did you get that? He said, this is the reason I want you to save us. God, I want you to save us so that every person dwelling on planet Earth will know that you are the true God. 
In other words, he's telling God, God, the reason for me wanting your salvation is your salvation is going to be a testimony that people will see this and people will acknowledge that there's a true God. Allow me to put this to rest. This is how it ends. When they had said this, the Bible goes in verse 20 to say, Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Ezekiah saying, remember the other time it's Ezekiah who sent somebody to Amos. And when Ezekiah right now has gone to pray to God, you've heard that text which says before you pray, God will answer. Now when Ezekiah went and prayed to God, it is Isaiah the prophet who was given the answer. And then Isaiah sent a messenger to go to Ezekiah. And verse 20 says, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, That which you have prayed to me against an Acherib king of Assyria, I have heard. God hears prayers, beloved. Keep trusting in God. Even when you're tired, just keep trusting in God. Keep going. God is not yet tired and God has not given up on you. And let me tell you, if you want to know what happened, let's fast forward. God said, I have heard your prayer. Now I am going to do it my way. Wait and see. The Bible says, and this one you will find as you continue in verses, in verses 32. Go to verses 32 of 2 Kings 19. It says, Thus says the Lord God concerning the king of Assyria. He shall not come to his own city, nor shoot up an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank upon it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return and shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will descend this defense, sorry, this city, and to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. God has said, relax. That guy is not going to come here again to threaten you. I am going to save this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. The Bible says, it came to pass at night that the Lord sent one destroying angel. One angel alone went through the camp of the Assyrians and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers dead in one night. Can God deliver? Yes. Will you trust in God to deliver? That's up to you. But God can deliver. When I look at this story, God will deliver. People have questioned whether it's wise to trust in God. Beloved, my sermon in capsule form is, it's wise to trust in the Lord. Don't worry about what people say. People can say anything, but trust me, it's wise to trust in the Lord. And when you trust in the Lord, the Lord will deliver. What is disturbing you? Look at whatever things you think are giving you a hard time. And look at it and put it against what God can do. And you will see what is giving you a hard time is not as strong as 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. And when Ezekiah trusted in God, did Ezekiah go to fight them? No. God sent an angel to sort them out. Same to you. When you trust in the Lord, God will send an angel to sort out your problems. May God bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Precious Lord, glory, honor, and praise be unto your holy name. God, we have a challenge on this earth. But God, with our eyes still focused on heaven, we need deliverance from our challenges. So God, help us. God, we trust in you. Ezekiah will simply bring the letter and spread it before you. 
and pray. God, this day, I bring the story before your children. And I spread this story of divine deliverance before you. That God, as you delivered them, may you deliver us now. Guide us in everything that we do. And bless us throughout. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now allow me to relax. I want to project something and share with you. So in the short interlude, it's already...